This is episode number 91 with Brian Moran of the Founder Podcast. Discover exactly what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and what's possible through entrepreneurship from the greatest minds in business today. Welcome to the Founder Podcast. Here's your host, Nathan Chan. Hey guys, Nathan Chan here coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. I'm your host of the Founder Podcast and we've got another awesome episode for you in store today. Now, what's been happening in my world? Uh, wow, the team is growing really fast. We've got, I think, eight full-time now, which is pretty crazy. It's it's funny how fast things move. You know, this time last year, it was just me and now we've like, quadruped whatever you want to call it in size and we actually just moved into a nice awesome office which uh is cool to just uh yeah get some um just just a little bit more space and um just working through through decking it out and making it absolutely awesome in melbourne so yeah that's uh what's happening in my world i had some big realizations around you know speed i know i want to move super super fast and and roll out more product i got that idea about scaling the company up from this book that i read called ready fire aim zero to 100 million flat in no time and it's just a fascinating book on how to scale your company and uh yeah, for us, you know, it's it's all about really now um, developing more product to serve our audience. And yeah, I was really on that path, but then I realized, you know what, I don't want to create half-baked products. I don't want to do things half-baked. So now I'm just taking a step back and just uh, optimizing everything that we have and all of our other assets, not just the magazine, not just Founders Club and all these other products. So yeah, that's me, guys. Um, just learning a lot, learning how to be a CEO, learning how to be a good leader, and just uh, having a ton of fun. So, um, yeah, look, about today's guest, uh, his name is Brian Moran, and he's the founder of a company called Samcart. Now, this is one of my favorite SaaS tools. If you guys know what we're up to, you know we're all about, we, we enjoy marketing. We're, we're pretty good at marketing. We're, we're not too bad at marketing. And uh you know, we talk about all sorts of things like the power of a one-click upsell, the power of a guarantee on any of your products, the power of uh, stacking benefits, um, all sorts of things. So Brian really goes in depth around, you know, how how you can really raise your conversions. And, you know, I think when you think about, you know, someone that's going to purchase your product or your service, especially online, there's a few, like if you think about the whole funnel, it's like someone sees your stuff then they consume your stuff. Then, you know, they look either look at your website or whatever. Then, you know, they go to the checkout card or whatever they go to buy. And then, you know, what happens after that? You know, do, do they buy? Don't they buy? Are you retargeting them? Do you have card abandonment software? When they type in their email, they don't finish completion. Once they do finish completion, how can you raise that LTV, uh, which is lifetime value, uh, so, you know, maybe offer something else uh, um, using like, uh, you know, like what Amazon do uh, with these one-click upsells, you know, how can you raise that LTV, then what happens after that, you know, all these other things. So it's really, really fascinating the way uh, Brian talks about Sam Card and the things that those guys are doing and just really how to raise your conversions and the whole sales process online. So I think you guys are going to love this episode. I think you're going to love um, next week's episode if you're into this whole sales kind of fix that we're going down at the moment. 
so yeah, guys, that's it from me. If you are enjoying the show, please do take the time to leave us a review. Uh, check out the magazine. Check out our new product, Founder Club. It's uh, really amazing what we've got going on with Founders Club. It's this amazing community for entrepreneurs and startup founders. And it's just a way to connect everyone. And I'm really, really proud of it. You'll start hearing about it more soon. All right, guys, now that's it from me. Let's jump into the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Uh, the first question that I ask everyone that I speak to that comes on is, how did you get your job? How did I get my job? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, so I, I graduated college probably back, it was it six years ago now, which is crazy how time flies, but had a you know typical desk job at a school. I was a marketing major, and uh, you know when the economy was pretty bad here in the States, it wasn't exactly that easy to go out and get a marketing job. It was, it was basically next to impossible. So I landed a, a great desk job, um, actually working for a government contractor here near Washington, D.C., which is a big you know, contracting, uh, government work type of area. And um, long story short, I was just bored out of my mind. I was getting paid well. I had great benefits. I had just gotten uh, married. But um, I was basically on somebody else's schedule. Someone else was controlling you know, every aspect of my life. So I, I you know, started looking online for a way to start my own business. And one thing led to another. And I finally threw up my first, my first blog. Uh, it was called trainbaseball.com. I was uh, an All-American baseball player in college and thought I was going to end up playing professional baseball and it fell through for a couple of reasons. But long story short, that was like my first business online. And that kind of molded into the next thing and the next thing, kind of how we all progress over time and ended up really falling in love with with marketing and kind of the the whole strategy behind how to drive traffic online and convert traffic into a list and convert lists into customers and really build a big business around that. That's kind of what spawned my first really successful business, which was get10,000fans.com, where we created info products and coaching programs, teaching people how to use Facebook, uh, Facebook ads and fan pages to drive traffic and find customers. So what I'm doing now, um, my brother and I are the co-founders at SamCart, so we created a shopping cart really just kind of for ourselves. We were running that business, selling marketing training courses, and all the shopping carts we had to use were, you know, they were just awful. They you know, that's the one critical page in your entire marketing campaign, your whole funnel, your whole website where you know it's the only page the conversion actually happens. Someone's giving you their credit card. And we started doing research realizing we were losing a ton of money because these checkout pages were just designed really, really poorly. Whether it was, you know, using Infusionsoft or ClickBank or just using PayPal, which a lot of people use, you know, or any other shopping cart out there, really the pages are just bland, they're generic, that you can't customize or split test them. They're missing, you know, we call them the seven key elements of of conversion on a checkout page and it costs people a lot of money. So we decided to you know, kind of branch out and create our a software product for ourselves, and that's kind of the the big business that we're we're running these days. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And are we able to break that down a little more? So, because I'm, dude, I've I've only really been founder turns three in the next month, so I I only caught I think maybe the tail end of your stuff with ten thousand fans. Yeah. Uh, but how long have you been running uh, online businesses for? So I got started in late 2009. That was right after I graduated in the spring, got bored really quickly. My job threw up my first website in 2009 and took about a year for that to make any money. Finally started that 
you know, started making a little bit of money there and then quickly launched it into Get 10,000 Fans where I, we started that in November of 2010, so about five years ago. Yeah, okay, wow. And, and that Get 10,000 Fans really took off for you, hey? Yeah, we, you know, we were kind of at the right place at the right time and, you know, had had a great offer that we brought to the marketplace cuz Facebook ads were just getting big, fan pages were a huge piece of a lot of people's success and we kind of broke it down and showed people how to do it. You know, how to get a ton of fans, how to use Facebook ads to drive a ton of traffic and build big lists and obviously generate a lot of profit. And, and yeah, we, you know, I I I think it's it wasn't so much of being at the right place at the right time. I mean, that helps, but we really know Facebook ads probably better than anybody, and um, we use that in any business that we we go after. But we were able to scale up, you know, our traffic really quickly, and you know, pull in, you do really well essentially in a really short period of time. So uh, yeah, that one that one grew pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. And one one thing that I really find interesting is, you know, I don't know if it's a trend or or whatnot, but a lot of people that. Uh, get into, you know, selling the uh, online courses and training and, and information products. Some of these people tend to go down this path of creating software because they, they, they get frustrated with the services out there. They create their own software. And yeah. I really like that, that software as a service model. I think it's really, really smart. And, and that's essentially what happened to you guys, right? Yeah, I mean, so we had we had always. I'm not, I'm not a developer, and for the longest time, you know, probably up until 2013 or 14, it was just me and my brother and a couple support people who were were remote. We didn't have an office or any of that stuff, and we mm. we can't code. We always had kind of like an outsourced developer that we'd call, you know, once a month if we needed something like hooked up that was too advanced for us. So we were doing probably about a million dollars a year in sales after that first year. It was all, you know, the courses we were selling, you know, info products on how to run ads and build fan pages and all that kind of stuff. And we thought, you know, what other products can we sell these people? They love everything we have. What other problems can we solve for them? And one of the big things at the time was custom tabs inside of your fan page. You could basically create a landing page inside of Facebook, but you needed software to do it. And there were a bunch of free tools, but we thought, man, it'd be awesome if we could build our own, but I don't know any developers, so maybe we can white label someone else's tool. So we actually, you know, got really lucky, and there was a, a company down in downtown Washington D.C., about 25 minutes from my house, and they were called PageMoto. They're actually owned by another company called Webs.com, and they were a fan page creation software. They were a great price point. I think it was like 25 bucks a month. They had a white label program, so that we could actually get them to duplicate their software for us and we we renamed it we called it the 5 minute fan page you know it basically looked as if we you know were the ones that built it and we got to price it whatever we want and we launched it to our list and it was the biggest launch we've ever done i mean it, i think it did like at the time 350 grand in about a week which was like three times the size of any launch we had done previously and all of that revenue was recurring every single month so, so you were doing 350k a a month in recurring. So, so that launch, we could break down the numbers, but the the revenue a month ended up being like a hundred k because the launch did three hundred and fifty because we had a bunch of people pay for the whole year. You know, there were some upsells in there. So, out of the three hundred fifty thousand dollar launch, about a hundred grand of that was recurring every single month. Yeah, which wow. obviously was that almost doubled our business overnight. And this was a tool we didn't even build. We just went and made a phone call and said, "Hey, can you guys build it for us?" And what's kind of crazy is the you know these software companies 
they made a lot of money because we white labeled it. We gave them about $5 per customer every single month and we charged anywhere from 25 to 50. So it was pennies that we sent them, but for them it was, you know, free money just fell out of the sky because we picked up the phone and called them and they did the whole setup. They, they rebuilt the whole software, just duplicated it for us and put our branding on it for free. So we had absolutely no cost whatsoever, and we got this amazing product that we could you know, basically customize and sell to our customers. Yeah, okay, interesting. And is that product still around? Um, that one's not. Custom tabs are a little bit kind of goofy now. It's not really something that we you know, promote a whole lot because they don't work as well as they used to. But it, it was around for a long time, probably three years or two and a half years. And um, you know, about six months later, after we did that launch, we were just kind of looking over our our numbers. You know, we were doing probably 180 grand a month at the time, and we you know started to realize, man, we're still making you know 90 or 100 grand a month from this software. It's over half of our business, and it's a piece of software that we don't even own. So, what if we could start building our own software? If we just really you know bunkered down and said, let let's find ourselves you know a developer or a, de- or a development team. That you know now we could have complete control over the whole process. We could you know create the features we want. We could have the pricing structure we want. We could keep all the money um, and not have to pay a white labeling fee. And that was kind of the you know the point where we realized, hey, you know it, it's it's great to create these courses and they're fantastic, but I, I think kind of the next best solution is creating a piece of software that just does what you're trying to show them how to do and does it for them. And then it justifies a recurring price every single month and lets you build, you know, a really nice sustainable business that, you know, could be worth a lot of money someday. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really, really smart. Um, you know, if I were to ever run another business, it would probably be a SaaS. Um, I, I love what I do with founder and, you know, we're on a big growth trajectory and have crazy plans for the future. But, you know, if I ever were to start another business or get involved in another business, it would have to be a SaaS just because I think, you know, I just think that's where it's at. Like, I think it's still like the, in terms of a business model, I think it's the ultimate business model. And I can see why a lot of people start them, but a lot of people fail too. You know, a lot of people are creating SaaS yeah. now. And yep. like we talk about, it is the, and I, and I, I, I can say that you probably would agree with me that it is the ultimate business model, but there's a lot of people that fail. And, and why do you think that is, man? Oh, man, it's, it is so hard. And it's one of those things, you know, maybe someday I'll create an info product on how to start your own <laughs> SaaS business. But, but my gut tells me don't, don't create that product because your success rate, you know, if we sold 10,000 units of, you know, or, or courses on how to create your own SaaS business, our success rate would be like 0.001% because it's just, it's very hard and it's kind of hard to explain why, but you know, I just look at my business today where we have a 5,000 square foot office, we have 15 employees, you know, we have to worry about payroll and healthcare and benefits and you know, you have bugs and now, you know, every bug that you have affects customers and costs them money and costs them time. You know, it's, it's not as lightweight and as flexible as an info product business at all. You know, the upside could be a lot bigger, but with that much of an upside is definitely the risk of a business that's infinitely more complex. It takes a lot more work. You know, it, it's our first stab at it. So that's probably why it's been, you know, hard so far. I mean, anything for the first time is going to be the most difficult. So hopefully the next time it'll be, you know, easier and easier. But yeah, there's just a lot of moving pieces. So it's definitely tough. Mm. But how's it all going? Like I, I found you guys, oh, geez, 
closer to a year ago now. Um, you were recommended yep. by a friend. And my friend was just like, you know, because I think when you go down, like we just started the magazine, we never thought we'd get into this online, you know, publishing education space and, and we were starting to get into it and really started to scale it up. So I was starting to look at my systems to use because there's so many different options out there if you want to do, you know, information products and yeah. create these online courses. You can choose, you know, a service like Teachable, which is a great service, which they, you know, handle everything. They do your checkout card or then you can choose you know, a service that uh, can like maybe like ClickFunnels where they even do your landing pages and let you do all these yep. other things. They do a checkout card. They do basically everything. Or then you could use, you know, even Infusionsoft for the most part and then just plug in, you know, maybe something like Optimize Press and then they take care of the rest with the checkout card and everything. And one core thing that I took away from my friend was he, I, I was, because I was trying to work out, you know, what's what what combinations do I use? And he's like, dude, You've got to use Samcart because it's it's the last part of the funnel, and these guys just know what's going on. And yeah. you know, I I watched your videos, like you know, I saw your marketing. I even signed up, you know, on your list, and I just got so excited. Like you're very very good at, at highlighting the benefits, you know, talking about why you know Samcart's so important, and you know, I've just fell in love with the product. And you know, I said to you off air that, you know, SamCard is one of my favorite SASs. And the reason is, it's just because it's just so awesome. It does everything you need it to do. If you want to roll out a product, you can roll it out quickly. The checkout pages look beautiful. You can do things like one-click upsells. You can do split tests of upsells. You can split test all sorts of different things. You've got this amazing dashboard that showcases the you know, how much you're, you're making and what your monthly recurring revenue is. And you can see a really great snapshot of your business. And it just works all seamlessly. And it's, I think the best thing about it is if you want to roll out a product, you can do it very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the things that I guess probably one of the biggest reasons that we built SamCart in the first place is just because it took so long, you know, back in the day when we were using Infusionsoft to set up a product was, I mean, it was like a, a week or two long process. You know, first we have to make the product and then put all the landing pages together and all the copy and record all the videos. And then just to set up our checkout process. This is literally the checkout page where someone puts in their credit card information and clicks buy. And then the upsell pages to show them, you know, other products that they might like. And for our business and for most businesses that we teach and end up using upsells, that's the lifeblood of your business, especially if you're running paid traffic. Um, you know, whether it's Facebook ads or, you know, Instagram ads or whatever upsells are, you cannot do a funnel without them. I mean, you're leaving so much money on the table. So for something like Infusionsoft, that's when we started needing these outsourced developers that, you know, it would take us two weeks to put together an upsell process and make sure all the tags were working correctly and all the code had to work. And we did like literally hand code these pages. We had to buy another URL. It was like safecheckout.com. We had to get a, you know, buy the cert, the SSL cert for it. We'd have to put Infusionsoft's code on it and change URLs and links and code. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. It worked and it was worth it. I mean, it literally was worth it to spend two weeks building a checkout process for one product because that promotion, you know, if it did a hundred grand or half a million bucks or whatever, over 80% of our sales were normally coming from those upsell processes. And 
you know, 80% of the remaining sales were coming because we had customized our checkout page and actually set it up to convert, which all of Samcart's checkout page templates, you can go in and click any one of them. They're all designed to convert so that you make twice as much money with that checkout page versus your standard generic bland PayPal checkout page. Yeah, yeah, no, look, it, it's funny that you you talk about the frustrations because I never even went through that, dude. What, like, because because you know we never even thought we we're gonna go down this online courses like phase, but we never even yeah. went down that path to create these checkout pages. But what, yeah, what attracted me the most is 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 all the different kinds of functionality and you know I guess the the things that you talk about where a lot of people have these checkout pages where they're a very very leaky part of of their funnel, so. Can you tell us about, you know, you, you mentioned the seven key elements of a checkout cart. Can you tell us like the things that people need to consider when it comes to, I guess, converting more people and, and how many people actually bounce from a checkout cart? Oh, it's kind of a scary statistic. Most people don't like uh, like measuring it because it, it kind of you know, makes you want to cry. Um, <laughs> it, most likely, the average checkout page of people listening to this call is converting at less than 10%. Um, wow. So you think you spend all that time and all that money creating a, a great opt-in page. Like maybe you have a page where someone opts in to give you their email and you build your list. And those convert at you know, 15, 20, 30, sometimes 50% to, to good traffic. And then you send them to a sales page, and hopefully that converts it, you know, two, three, five, sometimes ten percent if the price is low enough. And those are are good conversion rates, but that far back in the funnel. Mm. But when someone gets to your checkout page, you know, hopefully they're ready to buy. I mean, you would think you have a hundred percent conversion rate mm. if someone gets to the page and they're ready to to buy, unless they're just price shopping. You know, you hopefully should close the sale. You would you would assume. I mean, can you imagine if? At a grocery store, everyone that walked up to the checkout counter, if they lost 90% of those customers, if they just put all the, the food back on the shelf and walked out the front door, I mean, there'd be no grocery stores. Like they, <laughs> they wouldn't survive. Mm. So it's kind of scary to think that that's happening to most of our businesses online and we don't even know it because whatever we're using, whether it's PayPal or any other shopping cart out there, we don't even have that statistic. We don't know how many people hit our checkout page versus how many people buy. And if I, I challenge anybody listening to this to, you know, even if you don't get a SAM card account, go, you know, put Google Analytics on your checkout page somehow or get an account with, you know, any analytics software and find out how many people hit your checkout page every day versus how many people actually purchase. And you'll be shocked at how low that percentage is. So, yeah, the average is is usually less than 10%. And um, on Samcart, we're, I think our average is up over 20% now. So we're, we've effectively doubled the conversion rate, doubled the sales of almost everybody who's using Samcart at this point. And obviously it changes, you know, market to market and all of that kind of stuff. But as far as this, like the seven key elements and the number of elements actually grows, the more and more we test, because we have you know, somewhere around like half a million bucks going through the cart every day. Um, so we see tons of data every single day and it's all, it's all backed up. You know, we're not making any of this up. It's not an educated guess. This is like real analytical data. But the first one that we see that really helps conversion is just a, an image of the product. So whether it's a digital product or a physical product on your checkout page, having an image of that product. And you think what's kind of crazy with a tool like PayPal that millions of businesses use because it's a free cart, essentially, 
you cannot customize your PayPal checkout page and put an image, which is just crazy. Now, you can integrate PayPal into SamCart and put an image in that way, but if you're just using PayPal, you can't even put an image there. So an image is number one. Uh, number two is your guarantee. If you have some sort of guarantee to be able to restate that on the checkout page as soon like right before someone's about to give you their money, you're just kind of you know putting your hand on the shoulder and letting them know, hey, you're protected here. Like y- y- we have a 30 day or 60 day or lifetime guarantee. You know, you're about to give me your money and trust me with that that purchase. And I just want to remind you, we're here for you. Like you know, it, it's okay. So having a guarantee absolutely bumps conversion. I think we measure that it gives you like a 13% bump in conversion on average, just adding the guarantee to your checkout page. The other ones are testimonials. Um, so that would be number three is just any testimonials, any case studies, um, you know, any good quotes or videos from past customers before just, again, reassuring your customer that, Hey, it's okay to buy this product. You're in good hands. You know, we've helped other people, other people recommend this, and you're you're protected. The other one is just a summary of what they get and why they want it. So that could be you know a description of the product that just says, hey, you know, just a reminder: this Instagram ads course that you're about to purchase, you get six modules. Each module is about 16 minutes long. You're going to learn X, Y, and Z, and here's why you want it. So the benefits of that, you know, after you go through this course, and then some bullet points. So after you go through the course, you're going to learn how to drive more traffic than you ever thought possible, you know, without paying a ton of money to Instagram for that traffic, you know, how to get qualified leads come into your website, how to turn those leads into paying customers, you know, the actual benefit of why they want it. So, you know, if you're selling ski goggles, you wouldn't just say, Hey, you're going to get, you know, this pair of ski goggles, it's 16 inches long and it's got foam padding. You say those things, but you also say why, why they want those things. So, your eyes are never going to freeze over when you're going down the mountain. Uh, you know, when you crash on the moguls, the skis or the snow is not going to get in your face. They're really comfortable because of that foam. Um, so just kind of going deeper into why they actually want it. So that would be kind of number three and four. Number five is any trust seals. So if your site is secure and you have, you know you paid the money for an SSL cert, to just put that little badge that says, "Hey, you know it's trusted. Your your money's protected here." Um, if you're a verified, you know, ClickBank seller or PayPal seller, or if you have, you know, the authorized.net badge, like any, any badge from a third party that verifies you are a trusted source. So it could be, you know, the Better Business Bureau, their little emblem on your page. It, it could be anything, some other third party that's reassuring the customer, it's okay to put in your credit card. These guys are trustworthy because you'd be surprised at, you know, leaving those things off how kind of antsy people can get, you know, thinking that, you know, their money's about to be stolen and they're never going to get anything in return. The other one is the number of fields that you ask people to submit on your checkout page. So, so many people, you go to their checkout page and there's like 17 fields. They need first name, last name, email, phone number, billing address, street address, city, state, zip code, country, and then the billing address, all those same fields again, and then their password. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But do you really need all those things? Because the answer is probably no. Most of our checkout pages, when we removed billing address and shipping address, because we don't ship anything, if you do, obviously you need that, but most people don't realize you actually don't need people's billing address to accept a credit card. Uh, most of the time, you just need their zip code. 
And if you just ask for name, email, and the zip code, and then their credit card information, you can actually bump your conversion. I think it was like 42%. So an instant 42% increase in sales just by making it easier for them to purchase from you. So you think about it, like think about shopping on Amazon. Like as soon as you make your first purchase, on every Amazon checkout page, on on the product page, now there's a button for a one-click order. So how much more money do you and I spend on Amazon because you can just go in there. You don't even have to enter anything in. And that's what we're working towards with SamCart, but we're not there yet. But imagine how much more money you would generate if it was just one button and it was just, hey, we have your card on file. Is it okay to use it? Yes or no? And then boom, click the button and the order's made. I mean, I know from my experience, I've probably spent way too much money with Amazon because it's so easy now. But that's the general idea is make it easier for them to buy and reassure them that they're credit card information, their money is safe in your hands, and remind them why they want your product. And those are kind of the you know three core, I guess, approaches that you want to take. And those seven tactics I just shared are just different tactics to get those things done. Um, but you could do it a number of different ways. But those are kind of the top seven that we see people using really successfully and doubling their sales because of it. Yeah. And I think what was really cool with what you described was – you know, a lot of these elements that, that you say have to be in checkout cart, they are elements of influence and, and I guess almost sales tactics. These are things that people want to see that that can help, I guess, facilitate the selling process like case studies, reiterating what you're going to get, you know, making the purchase as easy as possible. Yeah, and what's funny is these are all elements that you most likely have already put together on the page before your checkout page. Like mm. Most people, before they send someone to a checkout page, they're most likely seeing a sales page. And the sales page probably has a picture of the product, explains the guarantee, has testimonials from past customers, explains what's in the product and why they want it, the actual benefits. It's easy. You know, it's a single video with a button or it's a long-form sales letter that, you know, has no other distractions. Like those are all elements that you've probably already spent time putting together and then for some reason, we're all just willing to, sat, like, I guess, be satisfied with sending people to a checkout page that has none of those elements on it. You do all that work creating all that fantastic marketing, and all you need to do is copy and paste those things from your sales page over to your checkout page to close the sale. That's it. And yet we all forget to do it, or it's not even that we forget. There's just no tools out there that let you do those things, and that's kind of why we thought you know, it's a little crazy that – we're forced to use these checkout pages that have nothing on them except the price and maybe the title of the product, and it's costing us 90% of our sales. So um, anyway. Yeah, so actually tell us about the power of upsells and one-click upsells. We know Amazon do it really well. Um, can you talk to us about that and, and like standard conversions? And this is something that I think a lot of people won't have in their mind or even think, you know, this is something I should look at doing. Have you, um, I, I've been recently reading this book called Ready, Aim, Fire. And it's a great book. Yeah, how good is it? Zero to 100 million flat. And uh, they go through the phases of, of, of a, or the life cycle of, of a business that goes from zero to $100 million in, in, in sales a year. And I think, you know, a big takeaway I took from that book with, especially with the phase that we're in, is once you, you know, if you've got 
validation, you've got some market traction, you need to look at, at other products that you can produce to service yep. your, your, your current customer base. And that's something that I never really thought that I had to do, but it kind of felt like a natural inclination and I was seeing other people doing it. And, you know, that's where this upsell or downsell f- like phase comes in because you've, you've, you've taken the time to educate that person. You've taken the time to nurture that person that they're interested in what you have to buy. And when they do buy, you know, one of the best times to ask them if they might want something else that might be closely relatable to what they just bought and Amazon do it all day, every day is to use an upsell or a downsell. So can you run us through some numbers there, Brian, and also just blow people's minds with why they should be doing upsells and downsells? Yeah. I mean, just to give you, you know, some insight, um, you know, when I first started my baseball site and I was selling a $27 ebook to, you know, young kids that were playing baseball, um, it's basically teaching them how to be a better hitter. You know, I was probably doing around, I don't know, 500 or a thousand bucks a month. You know, we were doing maybe a hundred bucks. A, ah, I'm trying to think maybe if a hundred bucks a day is too much, that's like three grand. So we were probably selling like one, one ebook a day at that point. So I was generating $27 per customer. Every customer was only buying the only product I had. That's 27 bucks. And I started seeing people do upsells and I, you know, it took me forever to finally decide what to sell. And looking back, I wish I just would have made, you know, any product. It it doesn't matter if it was a soccer product. It wouldn't have made sense to sell that obviously, but it would have sold something. But, you know, people overanalyze this way too much, but just getting something for people to buy after they buy your first product will absolutely, it has to increase sales. It can't decrease sales. No one's going to say, you know, oh, I didn't want that product. And by the way, I'm going to refund the first one. So the one thing people have to remember is you cannot hurt your business by putting up the wrong upsell. So with that being said, I created, uh, I think it was just one, I mean, maybe two upsells. It was just kind of a, a more advanced course for 99 bucks. And then I think I had another advanced course for another 99 bucks or whatever it was. So I basically had a $27 product on the front end and then two $99 courses as upsells. And that first $97 upsell, as soon as somebody bought, I said, Hey, you know, you're going to love the ebook you just bought, but if you really want to take your hitting to the next level, we actually have another course that you're going to love. It's going to help you because of X, Y, and Z. And it's 99 bucks or it's normally, you know, a higher price. And I would tell them it's, it's, you know, it's on a discount just for you right now, which was true. Um, and Sam card does all that for you automatically without you having to worry about anything. And we got a 30% take rate on that $99 product. So if we were selling one $27 ebook a day, we were making about $800. And so we were selling about, you know, 30 units of that every month. Right, so thirty, basically thirty dollars ebooks. We're making about eight hundred and ten bucks a month, and because we had that upsell, which was ninety nine dollars, and it was converting at thirty percent, we were basically adding nine new sales of that ninety nine dollar product, adding an additional eight hundred and ninety one dollars in sales. So we just more than doubled our sales, doubled our revenue from one upsell. So imagine what happened when we added a second upsell and a third upsell and started creating other, you know, fourth and fifth products to email our list and let them to, you know, let them know when those are available. It's all about just continuing to sell to your customers. You're the people who buy from you, 
they're the most likely to buy everything else. So, you know, who's the most likely to buy Apple's $5,000 computer? I guarantee you, no one goes into the Apple store and buys their most expensive product who hasn't bought an iPhone before or an iPod. You mm, usually don't, usually don't, you don't <laughs> jump to the top. You start at the bottom. Mm. So imagine if Apple made the mistake of never making anything else other than the original iPod. Like forget all the computers they sold in the 90s. I mean that's like before our time. Let's just assume they came out with the iPod one day and that's it. And they still had the iPod today. Like not only would they would they not even be on anybody's radar. I mean everyone would probably still have an iPod, but just thinking about that makes me mad because I wouldn't have an iPhone. I wouldn't have had all the eight iPhones I had before. I wouldn't have the iPad. I wouldn't have the computer I'm talking on right now. I wouldn't have the Apple Watch. Like It actually upsets me that it's possible that they would have never made those other products for me. And we think of it as a business owner. We think of it the other way and we think, man, people are going to be so upset if I keep selling them stuff. But if your stuff's good, they want you to sell them other stuff. Like I can't wait for Apple's next event because I want to see what they've made me. (laughs) <laughs> it's and and I, we forget that as business owners and every time i forget it that's i just you know i'll go watch steve jobs documentary or i'll just think about you know brands that i love and i can't wait to hear what they come out with and we got to think that way as business owners um we just have to cuz we're leaving so much money on the table if we're a one product business and you'll never be the type of business you can be ever with one product and upsells are just the easiest way to sell other products. There's a ton of ways to sell more products to the, your current customers, but a one-click upsell is hands down the easiest way to do it because your credit card is stored on file. It's a one-click purchase. You sell it to them as soon as they buy uh, one of your other products, so they're in buying mode. They're kind of in that buying frenzy. They're excited. That's the time to let them know about your other stuff and make them a great deal. So, yeah, do I mean just upsells alone is what took my baseball site from a thousand a month to five thousand a month. It's what took get ten thousand fans from ten grand a month to almost two hundred thousand dollars a month. You know, even Samcart now we don't have any one click upsells yet, but the product itself is its own upsell because someone buys at a hundred dollars a month and they're a new customer and. Every day, we're trying to upsell them into sticking around and continuing to use our tool and fall in love with it, and we need to deliver results for them and make them happy because every month, they have to make the decision on whether to cancel or not. Mm. And luckily, hardly anybody decides to cancel, but you get the idea where the software business is its own upsell, even though it's one product. Now, we're, you know, we'll definitely have other things to sell, and you know people are waiting for us to create new things, so I'm struggling with the same thing that you know, a lot of people listening to this are, and they don't know what to upsell, and I don't have a second product. It doesn't matter. And yeah, I mean, you won't get anybody that believes in upsells more than I do, because um, I've I've seen it. I've seen it change my business and seen it change, you know, now thousands of other businesses. It's just something that, you know, if you're thinking about it, just you just got to go for it. And there's there's a bunch of ways to come up with ideas and, and all that. Obviously, you know, we could do a whole other call on just that. You know, I'd be happy to to make a training and, you know, send it to, to your, your crowd for free if it's something you want. But, you know, it's obviously something we, it'd be tough to explain that whole process in a, in a half hour. 
Yeah, no, no, that's all good. No stress there. Just then one question and one piece, and, and I don't expect you to talk about it for a whole half hour, and we might look at yeah, getting you to, to how about audience with that. But if somebody, you know, you, you've uh, you've highlighted the power of upsells, you know, how, how, like, what is one thing people can do or one thing that they need to think about if they want to create another product? Like, is it survey your audience? Like, what 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 could it be? Yeah, you just stole it right from me. Okay. Um, yeah. the, the, the best way, and it's I'll explain why it's the best way, but mm. yeah, go to surveymonkey.com, you know, go to typeform.com, which is one of my favorite surveying tools. It doesn't matter. I mean, you don't even have to like create a survey. Just email your list and say, hey, reply to this email. That's probably honestly the best way to get feedback. So forget about survey or typeform right now unless you really want to use those. Just send an email to all of your current customers. If you don't have any current customers, send it to all your leads and just ask them one simple question. And that's, you know, basically how can I help you? What what things can I make that would really help you with where you're at? If you're a fitness coach, you know, how can I help you lose weight? How can I help you, you know, drop 10 pounds? How can I help you build, you know, gain muscle? Whatever it is, how can I help you with the, you know, the conversion of your, your shopping cart or how can I help you gain, you know, generate more revenue or sales, whatever your, the goal of your business is, just ask them and say, you know, Hey, here's the one product I have. What else can I help you with? And not only will you get guaranteed ideas that you can turn into products, but you'll have a, I guess, a reinvigorated sense of belief in yourself because one of your customers just told you, if you make this product, I will buy it from you essentially is what they said. So it kind of gives you the confidence of knowing like, wow, there actually are, you know, there are people out there and hopefully, you know, your current customers who have bought from you in the past and they want something else from you. That's the first thing we always do if we're kind of struggling to brainstorm, you know, what else can we make for somebody? And that always, always gives us a a ton of ideas and a ton of results. So yeah, just email your list and ask them. And that's kind of the easiest way to do it. Mm, awesome. Well, look, dude, we have to work towards wrapping up, but I just wanted to switch gears and talk a little more about, you know, building a SaaS. You know, you guys are crushing it. You're doing an amazing job with SamCart. Like I said, it's one of my most favorite products out there. My question is, you know, besides building a brilliant product, what else have you guys done that has really helped you build out SamCart? And, you know, you have thousands of paid customers what what is something that you're doing or things that you've found that have worked really really well to sell a SaaS based product because recurring and you guys are at a you know 90 100 bucks a month that's that's not the cheapest SaaS out there either um yeah so I'm curious you know what what are you guys doing that, that our audience can draw insight from because a lot of our listeners yeah. would be creating a SaaS or looking to or, or running a SaaS business and it is it's not easy as we both said yeah, I mean it's a, it's I think it's twofold. One is getting more customers and two is keeping which them. Is keeping them. Yeah, and and you don't realize how painful it is to lose customers till you have a, a SaaS business or a recurring revenue model. You know, when we would sell, you know, info products at 100 bucks or 1000 bucks, like, you know, it would it would suck to see people refund them. You know, we had the guarantee there for people that didn't work for, they didn't have time to go through it, but when you lose someone who you know, you, you look at these customers different. We have a relationship with these people. Like we want to be here for the long haul with them and learning, you know, the, the couple things we can do to really start to keep these people, 
that's been huge. I mean, you know, one percentage point drop in our churn, which is how many people you lose every month, you know, going from 5% churn to 4% churn. I mean, that could be the difference between a $50 million business and a $100 million business. Like it sounds crazy, but it really can be that significant. So every little thing you can do to keep people engaged in your software and to make sure they get results, that's really the biggest thing. Because if someone gets results, they're never going to leave. Like if we can get them to come in and set up a product and see how well this cart converts, they'll never leave because it it'll cost them too much money to leave. I mean, a hundred bucks might seem like a lot, but all you have to do is make one sale a day and Samcart will pay for itself because it'll make you two sales a day. And it's just that simple. It's a simple math equation. So, you know, things like our customer support and really investing a lot of money there, making sure we're always overstaffed, that we have people in the tool always, you know, at all hours, uh, which we're almost there. Uh, we have weekend support and stuff now, which has been been huge. So like every little thing like that where we can further support the customer, it just goes such a long way. And I think that's one of the things that I came into the software world ill-prepared for because the info product world doesn't really demand that. Mm. And what's funny is when we started to apply some of those things to our info product business, the results were absolutely huge. And because people looked at us as if we were over-delivering because they don't expect good support for info product businesses. They just don't. They expect to buy the course like they do a book at Barnes & Noble and go home and go through it. They don't expect any help along the way. They don't expect anything really to be done if they need assistance with something. And if you can really provide exceptional support and help your students get the results, whatever you're selling them, um, even in the info product space, you're going to decrease refunds, number one. So it'll be there'll be a tangible result there. Obviously, if you have a recurring membership program, you're going to increase your your stick rate there. But the word of mouth is going to spread like wildfire. I mean, you, you know, there's a couple guys, and you guys are one of them at Founder. And there's a couple info product brands that people recommend. And other than that, that's it. Like there aren't many gurus out there that you hear people recommending and bragging to their friends and family that they need to go buy this product. It's just not the way it usually works. And part of that, I believe, is because customer support is pretty bad. They kind of make the sale and then forget about the customer and worry about selling them the next thing, you know, and that's it. And they don't really worry about supporting them. So a lot of that I learned from a friend and mentor of mine, Stu McLaren, who is the founder of Wishlist Member. And he's kind of like the, the king at retention. If you haven't interviewed him, you should. He is... He's one of the best men I've ever met, um, and he's one of the smartest marketers on the planet. And that's his specialty is membership sites, and he built a software business. He sold it. He's the expert at retention and just building a relationship with your crowd. So that's that's a biggie for us and something we're getting better at every day. And uh, our customers deserve it. You know, when, you're, when they're giving us 100 bucks a month and we're going to be the lifeblood of their business and help them turn leads into customers – it's a lot bigger shoes to fill than when we were selling them ebooks before. So we're, uh, you know, the more we live up to that, I think the better relationship we'll have with our people and the more money everybody will make. Mm. And what about new customer acquisition? Um, Cause you said that you guys are very, very good at Facebook ads. Do you just guys, besides word of mouth, great product, you know, retention, you know, but what about pre, you know, before acquiring that customer do you guys just do Facebook ads and like what what what's working really well? Yeah, so the biggest thing that works and it it's really, you know, it's kind of cliche, but is building our list and then, you know, building that relationship with them and then when they're ready to buy Samcart, they buy. 
and always giving them new opportunities to buy. So we always have new opportunities for people to join our list. So we, you know, there's always places to opt in on our site. We run Facebook ads uh, to our blog where you can always opt in for, you know, free gifts and, you know, special kind of like blog post upgrades, um, a tactic we learned from a buddy of mine, Brian Harris over at Video Fruit. If anybody's uh, you know interested in marketing, his blog is fantastic too. So just always, you know, at every point, trying to give someone a reason to opt into our list so that we can continue to market to them. Because I think 90%, probably like 75% of our customers were on our list before. And so they were either on our list for Get 10,000 Fans or they were on our list for SamCart. So they they opted in, whether it was on our blog or from a Facebook ad that we sent to a squeeze page or, you know, we try little new things all the time. We built a calculator that basically calculates how much money you'll make with SamCart. That's at SamCart.com slash calculator. So just little ah, cool things yeah, like I, that. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you got, I, yeah, that's one thing I noticed. I think you guys are very smart with the way you create and, and educate your, your your prospective customers or your current customers. And that's one thing I really noticed, and I think you are a really good marketer, is like I thought it was so brilliant when you did that seven-video series talking about the way to raise your conversions. And yeah, we, yep. we, we went through that over the call, but you turned that into a video. And you know how yep. you were talking like you used the data and then, you know, there was a natural inclination. If you didn't have SamCart, then you guys solve all of those problems just because you've highlighted all these problems and you've highlighted how to fix these problems in that information that you gave in those video series. And um, yeah. I remember I even went through that video series and like, I know I shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff, but I went through that video series and I actually went into our checkout cart and made sure that we had all of those seven things that you mentioned <laughs> in the video. And one of yep. the most interesting things out of that, and I took it away, was like with the with this, the social proof, you know. Um, yeah, the you number can either, of testimonies. Yeah, yeah, you have either, you know, one really good one or you have, I think it was five or seven or something. Yeah, yeah I, think I think it was, it was five. five yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I thought that was really smart the way you did that and it was really cool that you did that for your current customers as well. Like, how did you come up with that idea, man? Because that must have been that must have been a brilliant way to to get people to want to buy Sam Carter and to bring people on, right? Yeah, I mean, I should take credit for that idea, but <laughs> I uh, I can't. That was actually uh, Stu McLaren. Me and him were were talking on Skype uh, about a month before New Year's, and he said, "Dude, you should do you know kind of a, a roundup at the end of the year and you know share all of these awesome stats that you now know because of the you know thirty million dollars in transactions that have been run through Sam Card. So we can go and we can see." What is the best converting checkout page across the internet? And you know what what commonalities do the top checkout pages have? So we just put it all into six videos and called it our our Samcart revenue report and basically turned it into a big promotion where we gave away a ton of great content. We built our list like crazy, and then we gave a special offer on Samcart for just that week um, where they could get sixty days free. You know, there was a ton of bonuses thrown in. And I think we put in like four hundred new members that week. And it was one of our yeah, biggest wow. like forty eight hour periods since we had launched. So yeah, it just comes down to building your list, being creative, you know, finding ways to get people to opt into your list. And then using promotions. I mean, it all just comes down to, you know, Russell Brunson says this all the time, urgency and scarcity. And that, you know, that applies to whether you're doing webinars or, you know, a product launch or a four-day sale, some sort of orchestrated promotion that applies urgency and scarcity to the situation and gets people to really decide right then and there, 
I need to make a decision on whether to join Samcart because this special 60-day trial is about to end or all these bonuses won't be included tomorrow. So, you know, obviously you need to do it the right way. It needs to be real urgency and real scarcity. You don't want to, you know, be sleazy about it. But, mm. you know, that's that's been the biggest driver for us is, you know, building our list and engineering promotions around new features, around promotions or bonuses and, uh, you know, I'm really trying to ask people, hey, you know, now's the time to, to decide whether you're, you're in or not, you know, and just reminding them of all the reasons that we think they should be on SamCard and why it's going to double their sales. Awesome. Well, look, dude, um, this has been an awesome conversation. You've shared so much gold with our audience. So uh, where's the best place people can find you besides SamCard.com? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. We should uh, – <laughs> I was actually thinking while we were on the call, I mean, the kind of the whole upsell, you know, idea and the the perfect checkout page is something I should make a video for and uh, should throw it up on a landing page for your crowd. And yeah, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. So where sure do you want people to like go? Too. So I don't have a, uh, actually, we could just, we could just say, you know, I don't know when this call will be published, but we could just put it up at samcart.com slash founder and uh, we'll, we'll put up some, some, like some awesome goodies for, for your crowd. And, you know, I'll, I'll make a video or something about upsells and kind of the, the ultimate checkout page and, you know, kind of wrap all this up into a nice, you know, video package with a PDF or something cool and just, you know, let everybody have it so they don't have to listen to this hour long <laughs> conversation every time. Okay. Awesome. And it'd be founder without the E, right? Yeah. Yep. Done. Yeah. Got to do it right for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right, dude. Well, we'll wrap there. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. The Founder Podcast has come to a close, but it's not time to sleep. It's time to hustle. Download the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine for free right now by visiting foundermag.com slash Branson. Again, that's an absolutely free download of the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine containing an exclusive interview with the man himself. It's only available at foundermag.com slash Branson. So download it now and we'll see you next time on the Founder Podcast.